This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. I have made it through all these clouds of smoke, all these smoke screens to bring you Scoop Podcast episode 131. This will be a Viking-centric podcast. You think about it this time next week, teams can legally, by rule, engage in contract negotiations with agents. A week from Wednesday, you can officially sign free agents. The Vikings contingency still in Indianapolis, wrapping up combine work. So, so much going on on the Vikings front. I have a bunch of notes, including where the Twins are on the Byron Buxton contract extension negotiations. The Wolves planning on bringing in a free agent relatively soon. The Gophers football team getting ready for spring practice, how things shape up with them. Gophers basketball recruiting. Any number of notes, maybe the Twins bringing in another pitcher or not. So I've got updates on on all those fronts. I will make that, though, Scoop Podcast episode 132 later this week, maybe Tuesday, potentially middle of the week, Wednesday or Thursday, but I promise I will bring you all sorts of notes on all the other teams outside of the Vikings later this week. Plus, I'm sure I will have some sort of update on the Vikings, but there's so much going on on the Vikings front. I figured I will make this a Viking-centric podcast. Sage Rosenfels will join shortly, plus Ben Hartsock will join, former NFL tight end, former agent with Priority Sports. He is now a media personality, but Ben can offer unique insights specifically on Kirk Cousins' agent, what Kirk Cousins might be thinking, because Kirk Cousins is represented by Priority Sports, again, where Ben used to be an agent. What better sponsor for this Viking-centric podcast, the Scoop Podcast, episode 131, than Skoll Marketing. Skoll Marketing keeps the Scoop Podcast going. They are a business-to-business marketing agency. They specialize in working with local small businesses. So if you are a local small business owner, you are here in the Twin Cities metropolitan area, maybe just outside the metropolitan area, Skoll Marketing is here to help you grow your business. They are a locally owned company started by two former Google employees to help the little guys compete. They work with businesses in web development, pay-per-click advertising, social media management, and so many more areas. Let's make Google work for you. These guys know what they're doing. I'm telling you, if you need some help growing your business, utilize these guys. Heck, you can get a free 30-minute consultation. Call them, 612-787-SKOL, 612-787-SKOL. Again, for your free 30-minute consultation. For more information about Skoll Marketing, how they can help you, check them out online. It is SkollMarketing.com. Skoll Marketing. Let's start with Sage Rosenfels, played parts of 11 seasons in the NFL. He is omnipresent on Twitter. His Twitter handle, at Sage Rosenfels 18. He played with who? The Redskins, the Dolphins, the Texans, the Giants. And he had two stints with the Vikings. Among his duties now is contributing to the athletic. He is very much in tune with what is going on. He has strong opinions on what the Vikings should do, shouldn't do. So let's get his take on the Vikings quarterback situation right now. Sage, let's start all-encompassing, big picture, somebody you know very well, Rick Spielman. You're in Rick Spielman's shoes. What do you do? You've got all this cap space, so you can pretty much sign any quarterback you want. Heck, you could move up in the draft if you really wanted to, if there's some guy in the draft that you really like, you know, that can be your 2018 starting quarterback. But presumably, you're going out and signing one of these guys because you have, you know, a relatively tiny Super Bowl window. You would think that window is still open here for at least a couple more years, maybe beyond that. So presumably... You're signing one of these guys. I guess you could trade for a guy, too. But what are you doing? You are in Rick Spielman's shoes stage. What are you doing here with the quarterback position? Well, there are some good quarterbacks in the draft this year, but I don't think that's an option because this team, as you said, is, is ready to win now. Uh, it does have a nice window. And hopefully that window you know, continues to get longer and longer if they have a good draft uh, you know, again this, uh, this spring. So yeah, I, they're making a run at Kirk Cousins. I think that's fairly widely known right now. Uh, he's the best quarterback out there on the market. He's going to demand the most money, uh, but he is the best quarterback. And, and I think they think that you know, with, with, with Kirk Cousins, who I believe is the top 15 quarterback in the league, they've got the rest of the pieces on this roster to make a Super Bowl run. And uh, in case Keeman had a phenomenal year last year, and if for some reason it does not work out with Case uh, with, with Kirk Cousins, my guess is that they, they try to sign uh, Case Keeman to some sort of extension, probably in that sort of Blake Bortles type of, uh, uh, type of contract. 
How good is Cousins? I'm with you. I mean, presuming that Drew Brees re-signs with New Orleans because, heck, if Drew Brees hit the open market, he would be my guy. But I think most people, in fact, I think everybody just pretty much presumes he'll re-sign with the Saints. So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Kirk Cousins is the best available quarterback, but by how much of a margin is he the best? I mean, heck, I don't think there's that much separation between him and Case Keenum. Yeah, no, it's not huge. He's got the bigger arm. I mean, in Case Keenum is a got a he's very accurate. Uh, you know, he, I think everyone realized he's more mobile. Uh, he, he's a playmaker, uh, but just straight from the pocket with, with a bigger arm uh, and probably more accurate, and he can make just the bigger the bigger throws. Cousins is the better quarterback, but you have to weigh that. You know, how much is he better? How much money we have to spend on him that you know we're not going to be able to spend on the rest of the team there? So there's sort of a business model strategy. Uh, that Rick Spielman and, and George Payton and Scott Studwell that they have to figure out is, you know, if you're going to give a ton of money to the quarterback position, that's just fewer dollars to go to other guys who are looking for extensions. You know, Trey Wayne is coming up soon. Anthony Barr's uh, coming up on a contract extension at time. So uh, there's other guys in the team that, uh, you know, they may not be able to sign you know, if Kirk Cousins gets this, this absolutely huge number. But I do think that the signs – are pointing well that they can get something figured out with Cousins. Uh, my guess is that he wants to stay in the Midwest, and probably more importantly, he wants to be on a team uh, that can be it's a playoff team that can make a Super Bowl run. He probably feels that he could be the missing link. You know, other teams that are interested, like say the Jets uh, or the Arizona Cardinals, he is not the one missing link between you know the Arizona Cardinals going to the Super Bowl uh, and not getting to the playoffs. See, he's just that not that type of transcendent player. He's a good player. Uh, that can elevate the Vikings, but won't elevate the, uh, the the Cardinals or the Jets that much from a, a non-playoff team to a Super Bowl contender. So my guess is that he wants to be in the mix. In the last few years, the Redskins have not been uh, one of those teams that have gone deep in the playoffs. My guess is that you know in, he's right now in the, in the middle of his prime, middle of his career. He wants to be a quarterback to lead the team deep in the playoffs and possibly to the Super Bowl. Do you pause at all that Jay Gruden, who – in many ways, as a quarterback guru, I mean, clearly, if Jay Gruden wanted Cousins to be his guy, I think Cousins would still be a Redskin. They'd use the tag again on him, or they would have come up with some long-term solution. They are punting him. I mean, they are saying, Kirk, we don't want you. We want Alex Smith. Do you pause it all? Plus, you have the former general manager there with the Redskins, who's now who a consultant with, what, the uh, the Cleveland Browns. I forget his name. Is it Scott? It's something, Scott, you might know better than me, Sage, but but he's on record saying he doesn't think Kirk Cousins is necessarily special. So you have a former Redskins general manager. You have the Redskins coach, presumably. He won't go on the record with this, but presumably he's he's not a huge backer of giving Kirk Cousins ridiculous money. Do you pause at all because of because of those opinions from a former Redskins GM and, you know, the the Redskins current head coach? Yeah, well, it, when you go into free agency, if you're going to try to snag one of the top players uh, at, at uh, any of the positions, whether it's quarterback or wide receiver, defensive end, and, and he's a guy that's ranked in you know, the top one, two, three guy at that position, you're going to just naturally overpay. That's just sort of the way it goes. The player is taking the risk uh, to get to free agency. He hasn't signed a contract extension yet. Uh, and uh, it's obviously worked out because he's one of the top players coming out uh, into free agency, and he's going to get paid a lot of money. So as I said, Kirk Cousins is not a transcendent player, but he's a very good player, and I do think he's an upgrade on Case. And I love Case Keenum. I've been you know, singing his praises uh, basically since that Pittsburgh start where I thought you know, uh, uh, Case played fairly well in that Pittsburgh game early in the season. Uh, the Vikings lost, but it wasn't because of the quarterback position. So you know, from that point forward, I'm a, a big Case Keenum fan, but I just do think that Cousins is an upgrade. Uh, you know, He's not a top five, top eight guy in the league. He's not going to he really carry the entire team on his back. Uh, but I would feel much better uh, in the situations in, in football games this year that if the Vikings are behind by a touchdown, the Vikings are behind by, say, 10 points going to the fourth quarter. Uh, I just think that Kirk Cousins uh, has got a little more ammunition uh, in throwing the football than what Case Keenum had, who is an absolutely fantastic game manager and plays very well when uh, the team's ahead. Uh, but we saw in that championship game when the Vikings got behind uh, they got exposed in a lot of ways. I just think Cousins is a guy who can do a little bit better in those types of situations. And, of course, hopefully the Vikings aren't in a ton of those types of coming-from-behind situations next year. I think I'm with you, but he's also a risk-taker. I mean, he'll make some throws that make you scratch your head at times. I mean, what do you think about that, that, okay, if you are down in your scenario, down 7, down 10, that Cousins might throw an interception where you're thinking, why did you make that throw? 
Yeah, he likes. I mean, he's an aggressive quarterback. Uh, you know, he's got a strong. He's got much stronger run than people realize, and he likes to throw the ball down the field. Uh, but he's very good in the pocket. Uh, he's extremely smart, uh, and he, he just has. You know, he has more starts and, and more. Uh, uh, you know, more more action under his belt than uh, you know than Case Keenum. So if it doesn't work out with Cousins, I, I think the Vikings are, are happy to go with with Case Keenum as, as, a, as a second option. He'll be less expensive. They know what they got him. He's a very good player. And my question is, I wonder if Case Keenum, despite the fact he's now been in the league for about five or six years, I wonder if he can raise his game to another level. I think there's more you know Case Keenum in there. I sort of think the Vikings actually held him back a little bit last year, playing a little bit conservative with him not put him in bad situations where, where he can make mistakes. Uh, I think the, if, if the Vikings go with Keenum, uh, they, they need to put him in situations this summer in training camp to have to carry the load uh, of the offense on his back just in case they get in more of those situations this year. Because in the few times that they did, uh, and when they're coming from behind in the fourth quarter, coming from behind in the second half, uh, whether, it's, whether it's him and or the offensive line feeling in those obvious passing situations, uh, that the Vikings' offense wasn't very good uh, when they were coming from behind and obvious passing downs. And so my, my, my hope is if they do sign Keenan back, that they put a little more, more on his plate uh, this offseason. So when, if, if they need that, that type of a quarterback play during the season, Case can rise to the challenge and, and become a, a quarterback at a, even a, a higher level than what he was last year. So last year for you, that wasn't a mirage for Case, that that could be the trend moving forward? Also, to me, Sage, if – if he still has a ceiling, I think I take him knowing that I can then go pursue a tight end like Trey Burton or some free agent offensive lineman because you're right. I mean, if you sign Cousins, if Cousins ends up here, you might be able to keep all those guys. I mean, certainly they plan on keeping Daniil Hunter, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr. The identity of this team is its defense. So they're not losing those guys. I think the plan is to also keep Stephon Diggs. But but I think you're limited on what outside free agents you then can pursue if you bring in Cousins. To me, if you feel like the Keenum still has a ceiling that he can hit, I think I'd re-sign Case, then knowing I can go bring in a couple other outside free agents. Yeah, there's probably going to be somewhere between 5 and maybe up to $10, 12000000 million in difference between next year's salary of, of, of a Case Keenum or Kirk Cousins and you know, that 5 or $10 bucks you could go then you know, spend elsewhere. So uh, it just depends where Rick Spillman wants to allocate his money. And uh, it does look like right now, just from the reports that I'm seeing around the internet, it does look like they've been in talks uh, a little bit with cousins people. Whether that's illegal or illegal, nobody really cares. That's <laughs> what they do this time of year all the time. Exactly. But it does seem like they're trying to go out and, and upgrade the position a, a, a little bit. Uh, but uh, they're going to have to spend the big dollars to do that. And, and uh, I think they really like Keenum. But my guess is it looks like they just like cousins a little bit more. You know, speaking of that, would you, if you were Roger Goodell, would you move up the dates? when you can start negotiating with free agents, sign free agents, because we know tampering happens all the time, specifically when all these guys are in Indianapolis at the Combine. Like, for example, the Vikings have David Morgan, a tight end. He's represented by Priority Sports. So you're within your right to meet with the Priority Sports agents to talk about David. Then you know, inevitably, the name Kirk Cousins came up. At one point over the weekend, when the Vikings sat down with the Priority Sports folks, so heck, if we know that tampering is happening, why not just move up the dates on when you can sign free agents? Yeah, so now we're talking about my. This is my old agency, actually. So I, I occasionally could make a phone call and get a little inside scoop on what's going on. But yes, this is very normal for uh, uh, for, for a team to be talking to an agent about you know player A, uh, but you know about player B, who is also represented by that agent somehow comes into the conversation. So I don't think there's any really rule uh, that the NFL can make right now with this whole tampering thing. I think it's just sort of accepted everybody does it. Uh, they, they try not to have basically contracts in place, uh, you know, when the whole free agency thing starts. But, the, yeah, there's obviously conversations going on, whether it's the Senior Bowl, uh, you know, about a month ago mm-hmm. or now with the, uh, with, with the Combine. These conversations do happen. Everyone's doing it, and therefore – uh, you know that's why no one's really pissed about it because you know everyone's doing it. And there's I don't know if there's, I just don't think there's a rule you can make uh, that uh, you know would really scare teams too much um, into into not tampering a little bit. That's because everybody's doing it, and, it and it works out for everybody. It works out for the players and it works out for the teams who are aggressive uh, in the sort of early free agency phase. 
All right, so Priority Sports, your former agency, how well do you know Cousins' agent? It's Mike, is it McCartney? That's Bill McCartney's son, right, the former Colorado coach. What do you know about Mike? Oh, Mike's great. He was uh, Mike mostly negotiated my shoe contracts uh, when when I was there. My actual agent was another guy named Rick Smith, and uh, who's, who's now doing a lot of coaching, a lot of coaches, and, and other uh, you know types of sort of getting out of the, the the football players type of thing. But McCartney does a lot of quarterbacks. He's got the McCown brothers. Uh, he's got a lot of other quarterbacks. He sort of has become uh, sort of the quarterback. Uh, agent uh, in, in that group and uh, gets a lot of guys who last for it seems like for you know 10 12 15 years and just just really stable good solid players seems like never superstars and even you know they went out and got Kirk Cousins he wasn't a superstar fourth round draft pick they get mm-hmm. a lot of those types of mid-round draft picks and up staying in the league for a long time so uh, I know that you know he, his his early history uh, was you know he come from the Eagles he was in the Eagles organization so he had what he wasn't always an agent I actually worked in the NFL and scouting in some different departments for some different teams uh, and then sort of wanted a more, sort of, I guess, more stable lifestyle and got to the agency world, uh, you know, early on in my career. And uh, just got made a nice little name for himself with these quarterbacks and, and uh, he did a nice job with Cousins. So they, they have played this. Um, they have bet on Kirk Cousins, both Mike and, and Kirk himself, and they have come out. You know, as the winners in this thing, they franchise tagged the last couple seasons rather than going for the long-term deal. He has played through those franchise tags, uh, and, he, and he has played well. He hasn't played, uh, uh, you know, at a high Pro Bowl level, but he has played good, solid football for Washington, which you know, that organization has been a little bit of a disaster the last few years. They didn't have much of the wide receiver position, you know, this this past season. And, uh, you know, and I, shoot, I was drafted by Washington not an easy organization to play for, no. you know, with that owner who seems to make a lot of mistakes, uh, you know, in, in hiring and who he hires. And there's a lot of drama that seems to be going around that building. So they have played this thing very, very well. And they've been on Kirk Cousins and, and Kirk's going to get a big contract. And my guess is he's not going to go for every dollar. I will say this. Hmm. Um, really? And you were saying that, you know, Mike McCartney, uh, you know, his dad was Bill McCartney, the old Colorado coach. And, uh, and and just knowing the way Mike is, if if, if Kirk uh, really wants to play in Minnesota, he'll make it work. Him, you know, yeah. let, let's just say it's twenty five million dollars a year, but the Cleveland Browns are offering him twenty eight million dollars a year. Uh, I don't believe that Mike or Kirk Cousins are going to say, you know what, let's go after every dollar possible. Uh, I think Kirk wants to play for a good franchise, a good football team, uh, a playoff caliber football team, and he'll take a couple million dollars less. Uh, to play for the team of his choosing in the city uh, that he wants to be in. But what is the cutoff? Let's say the Jets offer $30 million a year. The Vikings are offering $23 million. So you're using 28 and 25 But what if it's 30 and 23 Also, I don't know if you have any insight in this, but, but will the Players Association put any pressure on McCartney, on Cousins, to sign the richest possible contract? No, no, not at all. I don't think the player association gets involved in it at all. I, I think that uh, it's really up to the player and to the agent to, to figure out you know what's best. And you know, Kirk has made about fifty million dollars, almost fifty million dollars, just the last two seasons with the double franchise tag. Uh, so he's made pretty good money already. He's going to get a huge contract either way. Uh, it just comes down to you know what's most important to Kirk Cousins. Is it you know every last dollar, uh, or is it the city and team? Uh, in the situation of your choice. And uh, if he goes to every last dollar, probably the, 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 the tougher situation to be successful in as, as a quarterback. And, and, you know, playing New York is great, but playing for the Jets, another organization that has a lot of ups and downs, uh, and, uh, and it's also you know, very high taxes over there, mm-hmm. uh, very high cost of living. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's not an East Coast guy. He's a Midwestern guy. So, you know, my guess is that he will take some sort of small discount I'm not sure how much. Nobody knows how much that's going to be. Uh, but he'll probably take a couple of million dollars less to play for the Vikings, which seems to me is the uh, the organization of his choice. What do you know about the new Vikings offensive coordinator, John Filippo, and how Cousins could potentially fit into his offense? Well, what I love about it is that he's a you know he's a former quarterback. He played quarterback in college, and, and the last year when he was in Philadelphia, and I wrote an article about this uh, last year or so, and it was, you know, Gary Kubiak was a former backup quarterback, and he had just won a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos a couple of years earlier. <laughs> then you had Jason Garrett, you know, backup quarterback, 
uh, with the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott had had a ton of success early in his career. Wade Wilson was his quarterback's coach. He was a long-time, 19-year quarterback. Vikings fans you know, know him well. Uh, and according to Scott Linehan, it was also a college quarterback. So I just love it when they surround young quarterbacks with uh, guys who, who the, the coaches who have played that position for a long time in their lives. And so in Philadelphia, you got Doug Peterson, long-time, 14-, 15-year NFL quarterback. Frank Reich, you know, former quarterback, a long-time backup. And then obviously DeFilippo, who was also, a, I believe, a quarterback in college. So I like the fact that there's just a lot of years of the quarterback position in that room in Philadelphia, now he gets to bring all that experience and all that knowledge uh, to, to the Vikings. So I don't know that much about him. Uh, I was sort of hoping Kevin Stefanski would get that job. I think Kevin has done a phenomenal job just slowly, methodically working his way up. Mm-hmm. He, he has not been one of these coaches who has bounced around from team to team, always looking for the better opportunity. He has stayed in Minnesota. Uh, he, he's made it his home in, in Minneapolis, and, and, uh, and I think he'll do a great job. It's still as the quarterback's coach. He'll add a ton uh, a flavor to this offense. So uh, he will work very well with the Filippo. I have no issue with that. Uh, he's, a, he's a team player you know, type of coach. Uh, so I, I think this quarterback room and whether it's the, the coordinator with the quarterback's coach, I think it's going to be a nice combination uh, to coach whoever's going to be playing uh, under center this year for the Minnesota Vikings. Let's make the leap, though, and it's not a giant leap, that it is Kirk Cousins. I mean, what do you make of of all the steam that there is. I mean, there are so many people locally, nationally saying it's it's like a foregone conclusion. Kirk Cousins is signing with the Vikings. I know this much, Sage. It was as recently as last Monday before the Vikings took off for Indianapolis that Rick Spielman warned his staff about not leaking information. Not that they don't leak information at different points of of the year, but right now specifically, Rick Spielman warned them, do not leak any information. So, where are all these leaks coming from? I don't think all these reporters, heck, I'm I'm guilty. I don't think we're all making this stuff up. I mean, we're all drawing logical conclusion based on information that, that Cousins is, is, it's a strong likelihood he is going to end up in purple with the Vikings. But what do you make of all these leaks? Well, this is that time of year. This is the smoke and mirrors time of year where uh, every team and every agent is looking to put out a lot of misinformation. Uh, and uh, to either increase or decrease the value of certain players that they want or maybe even don't want. Uh, and also with the draft, there's a ton of mis- misinformation uh, that goes on out there. You know, people saying they're really looking at a quarterback at, say, the, you know, the Giants at the number two spot when actually they, they have no interest in a quarterback, but they want somebody else to come up uh, and trade for their spot to increase the value of their position. So a lot of misinformation out there. Uh, my guess is the leaks are not coming out of the Vikings at all. If anything, they're coming out of probably the agency, uh, which is smart on you know Mike McCarthy's spot. You mm-hmm. want teams really thinking that you know a certain team has a ton of interest, might almost be a done deal. So another team swoops in with just a massive offer. You yes. one of those owners, say Woody Johnson, who's the Jets owner, mm-hmm. you get her nervous, saying, "Hey, we're going to lose on this quarterback kid. Let's come in with a thirty-two million dollar a year contract and just throw a ton of money at him. Let's see if we can't get him to make teams a little bit more desperate." in free agency. So, uh, as I said, I don't think the Vikings are putting out any information. I don't think there's many leaks in that building. That's a very uh, very secure group who's been together for a long time, probably coming from uh, the different agencies out there, maybe even another agent uh, who is trying to get his quarterback signed somewhere, you know, somewhere like Arizona. This is an enormous if, but if you knew you could have Sam Bradford for 16 games, he would stay healthy. Would you rather have Sam Bradford or Kirk Cousins? Oh, I'd, I think I'd have Kirk Cousins. I like, you know, Kirk's more mobile. My bit, biggest issue with, with Sam is just his lack of mobility. And uh, I think in this day and age with NFL quarterbacks, they have to have somebody who can create when the initial play breaks down. And, and uh, you know, I think of the three, Keenum is the best sort of creator uh, when the pocket's not there, when the play's been, been broken. He's got such a quick release. He gets out of trouble a lot. He seems to make, you know, pretty good decisions down the field. And he seems about one a game where he makes a boneheaded play, but the most part makes a lot of really good plays i think after that cousins is is better uh trying to move around the pocket and make a play when when things are off schedule and bradford is probably the third guy if there was just a straight seven on seven tournament sam bradford might be one of the best in the nfl he is so accurate he's such a good natural thrower but i just believe in this day and age you need a little bit more production out of the quarterback position when things aren't crystal clear and and, and crisp and, and, and and perfect in the pocket when that thing breaks down, which it, it, what it happens to do a lot, 
uh, with these defensive linemen being so good, you got to have a quarterback who can make plays outside the pocket or, or when that thing is, is crashing in on him. And he seems very good. Kirk Cousins is, is pretty good himself, and, and I'd say Sam Bradford is third amongst that group. I would say Teddy Bridgewater, 2015 Teddy Bridgewater, was capable of making things happen when when the pocket collapsed. But I suppose the big question there is you just don't know moving forward you know, what sort of shape he'll be in. So that's where I guess I would pause. But, I mean, the love for Teddy internally, I mean, coaching staff, that locker room, I mean, it is it is through the roof. I do wonder what sort of emotional hangover there might be if such a thing exists heading into, you know, training camp, into the preseason, into the regular season, if, if Teddy Bridgewater ends up in a different uniform. Yeah, this team, I know, as you said, they absolutely love him. Sold on, on uh, you know, him as a leader of the football team, him as a franchise QB, uh, but he's a huge question mark. I think around the entire National Football League, he's a huge question mark. He was a legit starter two years ago. I uh, think he had two years of you know, little to no uh, game time action, and uh, so people just don't know, but uh, whether he's in Minnesota or somewhere else, my guess is that Teddy Bridgewater uh, is going to try to find a place where he feels like he can at least compete for the starting job. Uh, and prove to teams that he's a starting quarterback again, he's going to have to sort of go the old fast route a little bit. It's almost like he's in the uh, sort of the loser's bracket of a of a wrestling tournament or something. He has to sort of uh, the old-fashioned, like, climb his way back uh, into the starting role as a quarterback, and I believe he will do that. I, I think him and Case Keenum are actually very similar. Not huge arms, uh, pretty accurate, uh, makes their offensive line look better than they are a lot of times by getting out of trouble, and then they make a lot of plays. Uh, you know, outside the pocket on the run when things are broken down inside that pocket. I'll leave you with this, Sage. How about some predictions? I mean, I'll go first. I mean, I think I'll connect the dots that Cousins ends up in Minnesota here. I thought for a while it would be Denver, but I think at this point, Case Keenum to Denver. Heck, they made a run at him a couple years ago, so I think Case Keenum in Denver makes some sense. Then from there, I guess A.J. McCarron to the Browns. Heck, they tried to trade for him last year. Hugh Jackson thinks the world of A.J. McCarron. I don't know who ends up with the Jets, maybe Bradford and maybe Teddy in Arizona. I don't know, though. I struggle with those. But I do think, put it this way, I think it's either Keenum or Cousins here. And whichever one doesn't end up here, the other one ends up in Denver. Yeah, as I said, if Cousins does end up in Minnesota, I really do sort of, I see the Vikings not just signing Keenum to a one-year deal. I think uh, if you look at the Blake Bortles contract in Jacksonville, it's three years, $54 million. It's about $18 million a year. Uh, $26 was guaranteed. So basically, uh, if they have one year of Blake Bortles in Jacksonville and he doesn't play well, they basically had one you know, big quarterback contract, $26 million a year. And then they can release him and move on. Uh, and so Blake got his uh, guarantee, and, uh, and the team can now move on after a one-year deal. So I, I, I could see the Vikings signing Kim to that type of contract where you're going to get a really good contract case. It's going to be $18 million a year uh, or somewhere in that number for the next three years. But if you do not have, uh, if, if, if 2017 was a sort of once-in-a-lifetime uh, miracle season that you had and you're actually not that good of a quarterback, uh, we can move on after one year and not be holding to a, a bad contract, say, like what the Houston Texans did uh, you know, uh, excuse me, a couple years ago. Um, uh, you know, with the with the old Broncos back up there. So uh, yeah, either way, I think the Vikings are going to have a quarterback for probably a three-year or four-year deal, you know, coming up, and and it'll be a uh, it'll answer a lot of questions. Uh, you know, that's the biggest question for the Vikings. I think this offseason, you know, after losing Pat Shermer, the, the, and they they filled that spot with the coordinator, uh, is who is going to be their quarterback? That's the number one question because we know the rest of the team uh, is just so solid, and they're just looking to improve different spots than the rest of the team at the quarterback position, they got to get that thing done right. I mean, you think about Rick Spielman. I mean, Rick's been here. He wasn't in a position of, of final say the whole time, but Rick's been here a long time. He's never really had that stability at the quarterback position. I mean, Brett Favre was, was at the end of his career. You thought you had it with Teddy, and then the catastrophic injury happens. I mean, Kirk Cousins is durable. I mean, you get Kirk Cousins here, you know, you feel pretty safe about having your long-term solution at quarterback for the first time, heck, in Rick Spielman's case, first time, you know, being in being in the Vikings front office. Heck, going back 10, 11, 12 years, Rick would finally have his long-term solution. Well, and that's the thing is is that, you know, Rick Spielman, I've known Rick since 2002. Uh, I was playing in Washington. I got traded at the end of training camp to the Miami Dolphins, and Rick was our, our general manager. Mark mm-hmm. Turner was the coordinator. Dave Wanstead was the head coach. 
Uh, and obviously I was traded again from the Houston Texans up to the Vikings, and, and Rick Spielman was was the GM again for the Vikings. And so uh, he, he is, a, a, in my opinion, and, and every GM makes mistakes in the draft. I mean, Bill Belichick has made a lot of mistakes in the draft, and Rick has made them too. Uh, they, they, he has occasionally missed on some first-rounders. He's missed on some second-rounders uh, or whatever, but they, they all have. In recent years, he has done a phenomenal job of finding uh, a, a talent in the draft, and obviously it helps to have a really good coach in Mike Zimmer to coach up that talent. But they have a lot of hits uh, over the course of the last five to, to you know, seven, ten years with the Vikings, and I think not, not that many misses. But he has missed more often than not at the quarterback position, whether he was in Miami uh, or whether he was up in Minnesota with all the trades the Vikings have done. They just have not found that guy. That's sort of like the one position where you would say Rick is, he probably gets a, a D over the course of his career for, for trading for or for drafting quarterbacks. It has not been his strength. You're talking linebackers. You're talking safeties. You're talking some other positions. He has a lot of, he's probably an A- minus or a B plus. a lot of great hits mm-hmm. uh, at, those, at those types of drafts or free agents. But the quarterback position, he is just has not done well uh, with, with choosing the right guy. I think what's exciting about for him is that they know Kirk Cousins is good. He has a lot of games underneath his belt. He has a proven track record and is a free agent, and you just don't get you know, that to become a free agent very often. And my guess is that he is happy to overpay for that position so he can put his mind at ease a little bit that he went out and actually found the right quarterback. Because Kirk Cousins will be a good quarterback. Uh, uh, that he won't be great. He won't be a top-five guy. But I really do believe he will be a very solid and consistent and stable and good quarterback for the Vikings if they do have a chance to sign him. Would he be the second or third best quarterback in the North? Would you rather have Matthew Stafford or Kirk Cousins? Oh, I'd have Stafford. He'd be the third best quarterback. Uh, Not that and, that matters, uh, but I'm know, curious. Rogers is so good. Stafford, I think Stafford's really good. I think Stafford's a, probably a top eight guy. I'd love to have him on my team. I mean, he makes everybody else better around him. He's the guy that has the huge arm. But he also is a, you know, if I have a Matt Stafford quarterback and my team is down 10 points, I feel okay about, about it. He is a team that, a guy that can bring his team back. And I think that's where the Vikings don't have a guy right now. That I don't feel like with Keenum, they have a guy that says, hey, you know what, we're down 10, but let's get the ball to Case. We're going to go down, we're going to score. Our, our defense is going to get a hold. And we're going to get the ball back, and Keenum's going to bring us down again. I don't think the Vikings feel that way about him yet. And I think that's probably why they're, they're interested. They think that Kirk Cousins might be the guy that in those types of situations, which you need it, and whether it's the Super Bowl or the, the playoffs, you're going to be down at some point. You need to have a guy that can bring you back. And my guess is they just feel like Cousins uh, can sort of lift the team more uh, than, than Case Keenum. Sage, fun conversation. Where can people find your work? I know you're busy on, on social media, and you do write for, for who, The Athletic? Yeah, I write for the athletic and not writing uh, as much this off season, but a ton during the season. I'm sure I will do, you know, probably once a month or twice a month as the off season starts to unfold here with the draft and free agency. I write for the athletic Minnesota. Uh, I do a Locked On uh, Vikings podcast uh, about three days a week with Sam Ekstrom, who's based up there in the Twin Cities. Yeah, Sam's a great guy. Uh, I did write for the I did write for the Score for about the last year and a half, but I'm not going to probably write for them uh, as much going forward. And, uh, and I'm on Twitter at Sage Rosenfeld18, and I sort of tweet about who knows what. I, I keep myself busy. <laughs> I, I enjoy Twitter as an outlet and, and commenting on you know, all the day's stories, whether it's football or sports or, or even other types of things. So uh, I'm a little all over the place. I'll probably call an Iowa State game or two next year from the broadcast booth. I've been on you know, Rosen's show uh, a, a few times as a post-game show. So I just do a little of this and a little of that and keep myself busy in, in quasi-retirement. We enjoy your work, Sage. It's going to be a fascinating and busy, what, next 9, 10, 11 days. I mean, heck, within the next, what, 12 or 13 days, we should know who the Vikings quarterback is. Yeah, we'll have a very good you know, chance at him. As I said, I, I think the Vikings are going to chase uh, Kirk Cousins if they don't get him. I still feel like they feel good about what they have in Case Keenum and, and what he did last year. But uh, I think we saw this with some of Zimmer's uh, you know, press conferences. He was not talking up Keenum too much. I think it's one of those deals. If you talk him up so much, you're just going to in- increase his value and, and how much you may have to spend on him. So uh, he's been pretty uh, you know, subtle with all of his quarterbacks trying to play this, this, uh, this sort of whole game you know, just right, and they're going to try to get their number one quarterback, which is Cousins. And, and if it, that doesn't work out, you know, we'll, we'll see how the dominoes all fall at the quarterback position around the entire NFL. 
should be interesting. Sage, thank you so much. We'll do it again soon. Yep, thanks for having me on today. Former Vikings among many teams, former Vikings quarterback, Sage Rosenfels. I'm glad he brought up that he was represented by Priority Sports. That spaced my mind because we'll bring in Ben Hartsock in just a second, former NFL tight end, former agent with Priority Sports. Heck, it wasn't that long ago he was the agent for David Morgan, Vikings tight end, but he decided he didn't want to go the agent route for the next handful of years, so he left the agency business on his own accord. He is now a media guy, so he can offer some unique insight about Mike McCartney, the thinking of Priority Sports, the thinking of Kirk Cousins. So we'll bring Ben into the conversation in just a second, but I'm glad Sage Rosenfels brought that up. Some other Vikings notes. Well, continuing the quarterback theme, there are so many reports. Heck, I saw a longtime Denver reporter disputing something that Jason Lockenfora said. I mean, there are so many back and forths. Who's right? Who's wrong? I think this much is clear, especially with the Vikings not using a franchise tag or a transition tag on Case Keenum. They will chase Kirk Cousins. My sense is that comes all the way from ownership. I do think Rick Spielman wants Kirk Cousins. What Cousins is thinking, that's hard to decipher. Do I think he is a Midwestern guy and views the Vikings as a favorable situation? Yes, I do. But how loud will money talk? If the Jets offer just an absurd amount of money, will that get him to think? If the Broncos come up with a bigger offer than the Vikings, if he gets some face time with John Elway, how much will that influence his line of thinking? The thought is he will take a visit or two. So if he ends up taking his first visit to the Vikings, I have a hard time believing that he will leave the new Egan facility without some sort of verbal agreement, verbal assurance that he'll be the Vikings quarterback. But how quickly do the Vikings need to pivot in case they get the sense that Kirk is going to take a visit to Denver, think about things over the course of a number of days? The Vikings don't want to lose out on another guy or two. But yes, I do think we can connect many logical dots. There are enough people within the league talking about the possibility of Kirk Cousins ending up with the Vikings and absolutely the Vikings chasing Kirk Cousins. We'll get to Hartsock in just a second. Actually, some Vikings notes first, but even before the Vikings notes, some more love for Skoll Marketing. They keep the podcast going. Skoll Marketing is a business-to-business marketing agency. If you are a local small business owner, utilize their expertise. These guys used to work for Google. Trust me. They know what the heck they are doing. You don't just work for Google by accident. Call them for a free 30-minute consultation. They will help you grow your business. 612-787-SKOL. 612-787-SKOL or online, skolmarketing.com. They work with you, the business owner, in web development, pay-per-click advertising, social media management, and so many more areas. Let's make Google work for you. When we all go to Google, when we're looking for whatever it might be, you want your business to pop up before other businesses. Skoll Marketing knows how to make that happen. They know how to make Google work for you. So I'm telling you, if you're a small business owner, heck, any sort of business owner, Skoll Marketing can help you. For more, go to skollmarketing.com. All right, some Vikings notes. They will have representation all week. At Pro Days, Alabama's Pro Days on Wednesday, Vikings General Manager Rick Spielman will be in Tuscaloosa on Wednesday for that Pro Day. Personally, I'm rooting for local guy J.C. Hassenauer. He did not get a combine invite, but I know his agent Joe Linta is working hard. Hassenauer started at guard for Alabama in the national championship game. He played his high school football at Eastridge in Woodbury. He is a mean SOB. You want that sort of attitude on your offensive line. You want that sort of work ethic. And, heck, character, there are zero issues there. He is an A-plus individual. So I'm rooting for J.C. Hassenauer. If he doesn't get drafted, he would make a lot of sense for the Vikings as a priority undrafted free agent. Also this week, Colorado and Colorado State have their pro days on Wednesday, so the Vikings will have some scouts there. Then on Friday, it's Auburn's pro day. Then Saturday is Washington. A reminder, the Gophers football pro day isn't until March 28th. The Gophers going much later this year. I don't have the full list of players the Vikings met with formally or informally in Indianapolis at the Combine, but I have a bunch of names. Here are guys they had formal interviews with. Frank Ragnow. Remember him from Chanhassen High School? Outstanding career for the University of Arkansas. Frank Ragnow's first interview at the Combine, formal interview, was with the hometown Vikings. The Vikings' first interview 
at the Combine was with Frank Ragnow. How cool is that? The hometown guy being the first interview in Indianapolis with the hometown team. So they sat down formally with Frank Ragnow. They also sat down formally with Ohio State offensive lineman Billy Price, Western Kentucky quarterback Mike White, SMU wide receiver Cortland Sutton, BYU linebacker Fred Warner, Georgia linebacker Lorenzo Carter, and wide receiver from Florida, Antonio Callaway. Yes, again, there were more names than that, but based on my reporting, I can pass along those names. Also, local guy Jake Weinecke, former Maple Grove High School star, South Dakota State University, stud wide receiver. He had an informal interview with the Vikings, also the Falcons. He spent time with Vikings wide receivers coach, the former Purdue head coach, Daryl Hazel. The Vikings are one of many teams to inquire about Philadelphia Eagles free agent tight end Trey Burton. He has the same agent or agency as Anthony Harris, among others. So again, as Sage Rosenfels talked about, tampering happens all the time, happens with every team. If you're not doing it, you're doing it wrong, but every team is doing it. You have all these players on your roster, and so you can meet with their current agents. You meet with those agents in Indianapolis. Those agents represent free agents. Inevitably, the names come up. So I can just tell you, Trey Burton came up. It makes logical sense with John Filippo now as the Vikings offensive coordinator. All right, let's get to Ben Hartsock, former NFL tight end, great blocker back in the day, former agent with Priority Sports, the same agency that represents Kirk Cousins. He is now an ESPN radio personality. Ben, thanks for your time. Before we get into the Vikings quarterback situation, I set you up a little bit here bringing you into the conversation, but... I'm sure there are some people listening right now that remember the name, maybe don't remember the name. Heck, if you're listening to this podcast, you're certainly passionate about football. And heck, (laughs) here in the Midwest, I mean, heck, being a former Big Ten guy, heck, you terrorized the Gophers, you know, long enough. But people may not fully remember your name, so just provide a little bit of background for the listeners. Yeah, so I'll probably be forever more well-known as a college athlete than an NFL athlete. Uh, I was an Ohio State football player, was a part of the O2 Ohio State National Championship team. Uh, and then I was drafted to the NFL in 2004, number 68 overall. Uh, played 10 years for five different teams. So I had a kind of a journeyman career. Played for the Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning and Tony Dungy. Then went to Tennessee Titans for a couple seasons. Played with Matt Ryan during uh, his rookie year with the Atlanta Falcons. Played with Rex Ryan up in New York with the Jets for a couple of seasons. And then finished up the last part of my career playing three years in Carolina for the Carolina Panthers. So a fun uh, journeyman type of career. Would have loved to have had that Pro Bowl type of uh, experience, one team for a long time, but nonetheless, I wouldn't trade it for anything to uh, have played my NFL experience in one spot. And then, Ben, post-playing, you went the agency route, and now you're doing some media work? Yeah, that's right. We got to know each other when I was working on the representation side. For a couple of seasons, I worked with uh, my agency, Priority Sports, based out of Chicago, and uh, represented players for two years, represented one of your uh, Minnesota Viking players, David Morgan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was a little bit of a square peg in a round hole in that scene. Uh, but the agency world is, is one that is, it's got its own unique fingerprints. And I just, as much as I wanted to, I couldn't make my, myself fit kind of a square peg in a round hole. So actually this past fall, I've joined ESPN Radio on the radio side and uh, have been working, doing some analysis on that thing, and hopefully trying to get more opportunities in the broadcasting space in the coming year. Back to your playing career, are we so much a fantasy football society? I mean, 10 years. I mean, Ben, that's not a cup of coffee in the NFL. You had one heck of a run in the NFL, but because you weren't a you know, a guy that had you know five touchdowns a season or even two touchdowns a season, that you were more sure. known as a, as a really good blocker, is that maybe why you know people might not remember your name? Yeah, yeah, for without a doubt, and and that that average that you gave me was rich. Actually, in my ten year NFL career, I only scored one touchdown. Oh, is that right? <laughs> it's it's a little disappointing <laughs> at times when that's I actually amazing offensive linemen yeah. who have more career touchdowns <laughs> yeah. on fumble recoveries or trick plays uh, than I did my entire career. But nonetheless, I always kind of push back on people a little bit. Say, well, how many NFL touchdowns do you have? So <laughs> <laughs> I've got it proudly displayed on my office. I'm sitting here in my office and. Uh, yeah, it was it was a heck of a career, but not not necessarily a fantasy football stat loading uh, type of career. But that's I always say that guys like me that I, I that the advice I give to young players is I tell them to find something on the football field that no one else is willing to do, mm-hmm. and you'll always be in demand. And so from that for me, I was a guy that uh, blocked at the point of attack and took a lot of stress off of offensive linemen that 
you know, the offensive coordinator could know that, well, they could put me at one-on-one versus the defensive end and then slide the defensive or the, the offensive line away from me and maybe try to work on a tougher matchup across the defensive front. So it was, it was a heck of an experience. How long does it take to become, before we get to the quarterback situation with the Vikings, Ben, how long does it take to become a good blocking tight end? I mean, we see it here in Minnesota. Kyle Rudolph is a good pass-catching tight end. I would argue he actually took steps forward this past year as a blocker, but he's still not even, I'd argue, he's not even an average blocker. How long does that take to acquire that skill set? Well, it's 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 a skill set, you're right, but a lot of it is about want to. And, and I don't accuse Kyle of not wanting to, to block well at the point of attack, but it, it kind of goes back to the experience you have as a young player and your development through high school and into the college experience that so few high school and college programs now are asking much of a tight end in the run game, so there are fewer people out there that are willing to do it. And that's why you see a guy like, David Morgan on the Vikings roster doing so well because mm-hmm. uh, coming out of UTSA, he put his hand in the ground and, and was a dominant force at that line of scrimmage. And you see that now as he goes up week in and week out against uh, you know these these defensive ends and defensive linemen across the NFL. Uh, there's these guys, they're, they're Tasmanian devils. And so to have a tight end that can do that, to <clears throat> hold that point of attack is so valuable to an offense, if you look at it, they always call it the fifth or the sixth blocker. You have your five offensive linemen, and then there's always a sixth blocker. It's either going to be a point of attack tight end, it's going to be that H-back type of player behind the line of scrimmage, or it might be a fullback out of the backfield. But nonetheless, you always have to have somebody on that roster that can be that sixth blocker to secure the line of, or the edge of the line of scrimmage or work up to the second level to get to safeties and linebackers. Did you talk often with David Morgan about that? I mean, just becoming a better and better blocker, even though he was a good blocker in college. I mean, to me, David can have the type of career you had, Ben. I mean, he can be in this league for another eight to ten years. Well, he's in, in year two, he's at the point in my career that I wasn't at until maybe my seventh year. So he's he's going to have a better career you know, as long as he can stay healthy than, than I ever had because he is more adept in the passing game. He He's not a fast guy, didn't run a great time at the Combine, but nonetheless, uh, is, is kind of naturally has a feel for, for defenses. It's kind of a slippery runner. I think I remember Mike Zimmer this past year called him, um, oh, he had a funny term for him, called him shifty or nimble or something mm-hmm. like that. But that's, that's always a good thing to have your head coach realizing that. So he's, he's doing a great job. But, yeah, he's a guy that identified watching tape of him out of UTSA, the, a guy that was, was able to put his hands on people and lock down that point of attack. So, it's, again, it's one of those skills that not many people are wanting to do. Not many of these tight ends at the Combine this year are wanting to display their blocking prowess, but nonetheless it's a thing that every team needs. I'll keep the tight end theme going for one more question, then we'll get to the quarterback situation. Trey Burton, how much do you know about Trey? I mean, with John Filippo now as the Vikings offensive coordinator, I can tell you the Vikings have free agent interest in Burton. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that one out, but he'll have 10 to 15 teams, I'm sure, courting him. He is a really good player, and if the Vikings ultimately sign Kirk Cousins, I'm not quite sure they'll have the cap space to sign a Burton, but do you like Trey Burton? Oh, yeah. He's he's a wonderful example of that guy that is a little bit of a jack-of-all-trades. Uh, he's not necessarily a, a, a tremendous athlete as far as stretching the defense vertically or anything like that. He doesn't have the height that Kyle Rudolph has, uh, but he's a guy that he's more of that, like I said, the guy that moves behind the line of scrimmage, that motions and moves. He'll play in the slot some. He'll play out of the backfield some, but he also can get on that uh, on the line of scrimmage, put his hand in the ground, and will mix it up. And he's a guy that he's not a dominant type of, of blocking uh, type of guy, but he has an un- a good understanding of leverage. He has a good understanding of body placement. And so for that reason, he was so valuable. He's an unsung her- hero of that Eagles franchise. Obviously, he's famous now, will be forever famous because of throwing the pass to mm-hmm. the polls, having been a – uh, a quarterback, I think, either at the college level or high school yeah, level. I know Florida, he had some yeah. college or some quarterback experience. Mm-hmm. So he's one of those guys that I expect to get a, a, a pretty healthy free agent contract this year because he's so flexible, so multiple in the ways the teams can use him. And that's that's what the NFL is now. It's matchups. That's why you see guys like Danny Amendola have success is because he's uh, just so quick. He's hard for a linebacker to catch but he's strong enough that he can block a safety. Those are the matchups that teams try to figure out. And a Trey Burton is a guy that out in space 
in that slot position is bigger than most, and so he can <clears throat> hand up, handle linebackers while blocking, but he's fast enough that he can give them matchup trouble. So I think he's a he's a, a great pick. And John D. Filippo, I, I played for him. Uh, he was a uh, what would he been offensive assistant with the New York Jets when I was there. You guys mm. have got a great offensive coordinator in John D. Filippo. I mean, all signs point to him eventually being a head coach one day, right? I mean, he is that highly he, thought of. Yeah, yeah, and and he's a young guy too. He's trended up very quickly, and and like I said, he was he was low man on the totem pole when I was with the New York Jets. But nonetheless, he had a lot of respect of guys in that locker room. That's that's the sign of a good coach is a guy that even even though he was in charge of running the scout team when he was with the New York Jets, guys respected him, and he had a good knowledge of the game that that the veterans in that room knew they could ask him a question about any part of our offensive scheme. And he would have a good answer because he was a student of the game. Even though he was low man on the totem pole, he knew he had big things in his future. All right. On the Vikings quarterback situation, Ben, I mean, heck, I'll tell you this much, a prominent agent, an agent, you know, I guarantee, you know, this person, this person told me a couple hours ago that he's convinced cousins to the Vikings. It's a done deal. It's already a done deal. There are other reports, national reports, suggesting that Jets people think Cousins is coming here. Broncos people think Cousins is coming here. What do you make of of all these reports? What is it now? I mean, it's a week out. I mean, we're a week out from from the legal, you know, back and forth period, right? I mean, next Monday is the legal period where you can start engaging these agents. Teams can in in actual back and forth, you know, legitimate back and forth. You can't even sign free agents for for what another nine days. Yet there are all sorts of indications that Cousins is already a done deal here to the Vikings. Well, I, you know, I don't know. A million things can change between now and then. I think it's always interesting to hear how these sure things come up and then at the very end things can change at the very end. And I believe that that's done intentionally, I think, to maybe put the pressure to whomever wants to have the pressure applied to whomever. It's, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors at this point. And mm-hmm. what's funny about it is they're not even really supposed to be doing that. But I, I think the, the storyline of Kirk Cousins is so provocative right now because we simply haven't seen a quarterback of this caliber come onto the market for several years. You know, it's just it, I'm fascinated by how the Redskins played the, the Kirk Cousins scenario because to franchise a player for two years, they paid him huge money, never were able to make the commitment. But nonetheless, every year, all he does is go out and throw for over, what, three, 4,000 yards yeah, a year? 4, 000, yeah, 4,000, yeah. years now. Mm-hmm. And so you, you see this guy come to market, and that's why there's so much action about it because there, there, there are only 32 positions to play quarterback in the NFL, but we still, in 2018, we can't find 32 people qualified to do that job. It is such a uniquely challenging ask of any 20 some year old man to 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 do not just not just throw the ball but manage the huddle manage a locker room leadership press conferences it's such a unique job description and Kirk Cousins I think has got three years worth of proof and that's why they're gonna they're gonna reset the market I think in a strong way because of him that's why you see the San Francisco 49ers be willing to take such a big step with Jimmy Garoppolo after Mm -hmm. only seven starts it's just an amazing thing the value on these these quarterbacks once the teams have decided this is our guy and the the Redskins didn't for whatever reason I'm still surprised at how the Vikings weren't willing to uh, commit to Case Keenum I'm really excited to see what if if Kirk Cousins does come play for the Minnesota Vikings I'll be real interested to see what Case Keenum does uh, in free agency on the Redskins lack of of committing to Cousins long term do you pause at all that Jay Gruden has a quarterback background. I mean, presumably if Jay Gruden wanted Cousins to be his quarterback for the next few years, the Redskins would have found a way. Who's the former Redskins GM that's now with the Browns? You'll know his name. Scott something. He's he's on record. Yeah, I mean, he used to do a podcast. I mean, before he took that Browns job a few weeks ago, he was doing radio interviews, podcast interviews. I mean, thankfully, you know, for for us that consume all this, he was very opinionated. He didn't he didn't hold back. He said, "Hey, Cousins is is not a special quarterback." Didn't say he didn't like him or anything, but just said, "Hey, he's he's not a special quarterback." I mean, do you pause at all when you've got that former GM on the record, and you now know that Jay Gruden? I mean, clearly. Reading the tea leaves, I mean, Jay prefers Alex Smith over over Kirk Cousins. Well, and uh, yeah, it does make you have pause, just like the same way that Mike Zimmer wasn't willing to make a strong commitment to Case Keenum. You have to take that into account that, Mm -hmm. okay, these are two respected, you know, head coaches across the NFL that aren't willing to, to stick their neck out for their player, but 
to to Kirk Cousins' credit and I believe to Case Keenum's credit, they handled it as as well as you could have possibly handled those circumstances. What I'm interested to see now is whenever whichever team these players ends up signing with is okay. Once you're given the keys to the franchise, can you be that guy that everybody is looking to with the, the with the expectation firmly on your shoulders? Because playing as Case Keenum, a guy that uh, was was a, it was perceived as a stopgap coming into the season. Sam Bradford goes down, and then he you know he gets hot and, and never and so he never gives up the role. And then the same thing with Kirk Cousins, never got that commitment. Is a different experience than being the guy to step in and everybody knows you're the man and it's on your shoulders to do it. It harkens back to when I watched Matt Ryan as a rookie come into the Atlanta Falcons organization. He better than any young player that I ever was around in my NFL career took ownership and led in a way that he knew he was the franchise quarterback and even 12 and 13 year vets knew that that rookie quarterback that they just took he was the right guy for the job and I think that's why he solidified himself as one of the top quarterbacks in the in the NFL this is what we're going to see now is Kirk Cousins going to get his chance same I think with Case Keenum hopefully at some point I believe that he deserves that chance to be a true starter somewhere Uh, but you just don't know until you get into that scenario I mean, I think there's going to be a back and forth between the Broncos and the Vikings. One of them gets Kirk Cousins, the other gets Case Keenum. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think that the right. If Kirk Cousins is the bell of the ball, uh, so you know you've got the Jets and the Cardinals and the Vikings and uh, uh, who's the, the Broncos. Whoever the, whoever doesn't end with Cousins, it'll be the bidding war next for for Case Keenum. And after that, perhaps it'll be Teddy Bridgewater or maybe an AJ McCarron. Who who knows? That a lot of guys that uh, outside of Cousins don't have a tremendous body of work to show that they're worth uh, giving the keys to. But nonetheless, it's, there are nobody else out there, so teams are going to have to take a risk to give somebody that shot to be the guy. How good do you think Kirk Cousins is? Well, I believe that <clears throat> with the circumstance he's given, he has risen and shown uh, a level of consistency deser- that deserves him to be where he is now. Uh, I-, I-, I said it before, but I have to say it again, is, the fact that there was his team wasn't willing to make his commitment, but he still went out and put up incredible numbers over 4,000 yards passing, and I don't know the tumber, touchdown numbers offhand. But he has been a consistent producer, and consistency is key for the quarterback position. That I, I always say that I believe that every NFL quarterback starter in the NFL can make every throw, but can you make the throw week after week? down after down, and in the big-time hot spotlight. That's the difference between Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill can make the same throws that Tom Brady makes. He just doesn't do it consistently, and he just hasn't done it when the lights are hot. And that, that's where the, the, these, these guys that are on the cusp of that are getting that opportunity to, to change their trajectory from a guy who's done it a little bit to a guy that has done it and then becomes the face of a franchise. Earlier in the podcast, Ben, we talked to to Sage Rosenfels about Mike McCartney, Kirk Cousins' agent. You certainly know yep. Mike very well. What what sort of insight can you can you give us about Kirk Cousins' agent? Well, I, I, like I said, Mike was my agent during my playing career, and when I worked in representation, oh, he was okay, he was my mentor, and he was my mentor and boss. So, uh, Kirk Cousins could not have a better qualified or a more re- more well respected advisor to take him through this process. Uh, Mike was a college coach, played college quarterback, uh, coached at Colorado, North Carolina, uh, and then was a scout for the Chicago Bears and then was a director of pro personnel for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, during the Donovan McNabb era. So what Mike is is he has tremendous respect and credibility within the NFL. When I worked alongside him, I always joked with Mike calling him the mayor of Mobile during the Senior Bowl week because (laughs) he goes down as an agent and he's best friends with every NFL GM, head coach, and, and uh, you know, salary cap manager for every team. So to, to have those relationships is so invaluable in contract negotiations that obviously it's a lot of tension between number values and guarantees and all those kinds of things. But Mike is able to speak from a football perspective, I think, that very few agents have because he spent a, a whole career's length of time working as a scout, working as a talent evaluator. So when he speaks to Kirk Cousins, third down accuracy or his uh, ability to move within the pocket it comes with a level of credibility I think that very few have money aside and I'll leave you after this assuming that Drew Brees re-signs with New Orleans 
Would Cousins be your guy among that next group of of Cousins, Keenum, Bradford, Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor, A.J. McCarron, that that list of guys? Would would Cousins be at the top of your list? Yeah, I think Cousins has to be because of his numbers. His numbers are, 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 are another factor above the rest, and the body of work is there. He has three years now of work of 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 showing consistently that he can perform at a high level i think after kirk cousins i take case keenum i i think case keenum he only has one season to show of what he's done but i'll tell you quarterback is it like i said before it's it's about throwing motion and completion and accuracy but another aspect i think that is undervalued sometimes in these negotiations is his moxie and it's hard to quantify that but i'll tell you in that situation this year where each week it seemed like Mike Zimmer comes out and, and says, well, I think, I think we're going to give Case the starting nod this week. We're not real sure, but he's, you know, Case Keenum handled that like an, a, a, a true veteran, a true pro's yeah. pro. Mm-hmm. And so I think that those kinds of things, and, and knowing guys in that locker room, he had the utmost respect of his teammates. And so I think those are things that sometimes get undervalued in free agency negotiations because they're hard to quantify. But I think that he's a guy that comes into any situation and he can earn the respect of his teammates and not just produce well for himself. I I believe he's the kind of guy that elevates the players uh, around him as well. Maybe not, and I'll I'll leave you after this, maybe not the the franchise tag, but the transition tag. Are you surprised it doesn't look like the Vikings will use a tag on case? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it a couple years ago, and I'm sure there's a number of examples, but didn't Miami place the transition tag on Vernon, the defensive end, then they yanked it off when they got Mario Williams. So you can you can use right the transition tag, then you can yank it off the player. I mean, just to have some protection in the event that Cousins chooses Denver or chooses the Jets. Are you surprised the Vikings? It doesn't look like we'll use we'll use a tag on Keenum. Yeah, I, I, the, my experience with the transition tag. I think it. I think I, the, when I think of it, I remember uh, it was uh, Mac, the center from the Browns, a couple years got the transition tag from the Browns before he went down. Uh, to where's he at now? Atlanta, Atlanta now. Yeah. Uh, but but nonetheless, yeah. You, you, these negotiations are so there's so many levels to it, and yeah. Why wouldn't you choose to protect yourself uh, in the outside chance? But perhaps there's something in the discussion between Keenum's agents and and the team that they simply know this isn't going to happen, or he's not going to play on the tag, or you know, one of those kind of scenarios. It's it's amazing. That's what's great about our sport is the fact that there's so many. It's its own element of drama here and then we're not even playing games is just the, the the figuring out of who's going where and how it all plays out and kind of the uh international conspiracy and espionage and diplomacy between <laughs> representatives and teams and you know they're not supposed to be talking about stuff but it's a wink nod arrangement it's fascinating drama i mean they should almost move up the date i mean if we know that that the tampering is taking place I mean, are you with me at all? I mean, why wait until mid-March? Why not move up free agency a couple weeks if the tampering is taking place? And I get it. It could happen down in Mobile during during January. But we know it's happening at the Combine. Heck, for all we know, the Vikings and Cousins have a done deal right now. So why not move but up see, free agency by a couple weeks? I, well, it's my perception that the, the reason they spread it out is because all it does is it keeps the storylines in the forefront. Yeah. It, it, they they want. That's a good point. The minute the Super Bowl's over, they're talking about the Senior Bowl, and when the Senior Bowl's over, they're going to start talking about the Combine, and when the Combine's over, it's free agency. You're right. Free agency's yeah. over, then it's the draft, and then it's minicamp, and so the NFL marketing machine that it is, they do a good job of making sure that every day of the week, every month of the year, the NFL, even though the season's only during the fall, we're still talking NFL year round. I mean, that's an excellent point. I mean, outside of maybe a couple weeks, you know, late June through the 4th of July when, heck, America's enjoying the summer anyway. Who cares if the NFL yeah. is, you know, forefront of everybody's minds? I mean, you're right. I mean, that's you, – you nailed it. You just – you convinced me that there's no way the NFL would ever move up the date because why? I mean, you have an extra two or three weeks of people like us just babbling about where guys are going to go. They love this sort of thing. Yeah, it, it, right. It's, it's every news channel, every sports channel, every talk radio – that's all they're talking about is, is Kirk Cousins right now. Kirk Cousins and uh, Shaquem Gr- uh, Griffin and his uh, his bench press. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty amazing, and his forty time too. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing stuff to watch. That 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 combine experience it harkens back so many memories for me. That it's just it's fascinating how big it's become. But the the the, the juxtaposition of seeing 
NFL owners and and these icons of the of the sport, the Belichicks and and uh, Jason Garrett and Mike Tomlin standing up there in the stands and watching these these athletes, the the pressure is just the tension is so thick. I'll never forget my experience of looking up and seeing Bill Parcells and Jerry Jones and Tony Dungy. They're waiting, watching you. It's your moment <laughs> to shine, and it's it's easy to forget that these guys are 22 years old, 20 years old, and they got a heartbeat and they get nervous just like everybody else. And man, it's 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 a pressure cooker. It's a crucible that I love to watch unfold. And you know what I mean? You look at like that tackle from Oklahoma, Orlando Brown. I mean, if you watch the tape, yeah. he's an excellent player. Yet because he only did what 14 or 15 bench press reps, he had some other red flags, I guess, if you want to call them red flags, you know, some of the stuff on the field, you know, these last couple of days, people are knocking him. And I'm like, just watch the film. Like that guy is one heck of a football player. He's a good football player, but I tell you those things. I, I when I was working in representation, I told guys, I said, it's the 10, 80, 10 philosophy that for 80% of guys that go to the combine, it's just a checkoff. Okay. He ran within the range that we expected. He got the amount of bench press that we thought he would. But then on the other, on the opposite ends of that are the ten percent, the the Shaquem Griffins from UCF that that he's he's got a positive storyline coming out of there. Mm-hmm. The other side is is who you just mentioned that came out looked flippant, looked um, dismissive, kind of just uninterested in what he was doing, and and that that it's not a huge impact. It's not going to take him from first round to undrafted, but it might move him you know, a few spots, a few slots, and in the, the slotted draft era, that can be hundreds of thousands of dollars. Ben, this was a fun conversation. Let's definitely do it again in the near future. Hey, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Former Ohio State Buckeye, former 10-year NFL tight end, now ESPN radio personality, Ben Hartsock, former agent, by the way, with Priority Sports, the agency that represents Kirk Cousins. As he said, his former agent, when he was a player, his agent was Mike McCartney, the agent for Kirk Cousins. I'll reiterate what I said with Ben, a high-profile agent, an agent that has his finger on the pulse of just about everything in the league, texted me. I taped Ben at 3 o'clock on Monday. I taped Sage Rosenfels at 10 a.m. on Monday. Just in that five-hour window, having some league people, including a very high-profile agent, saying Cousins to the Vikings is a done deal. Now, I can't fully believe that, until I get it from the Viking side, I do believe that the Wilfs, more than anybody, want Kirk Cousins, and it trickles down from there. But I can tell you, Rick Spielman continues to warn his staff, not that they won't leak stuff at different points of the calendar, but right now the Vikings don't want anything getting out. So the Vikings have been very strict about this. Rick Spielman laying out to his staff, we will catch you. If you leak information to the media, We will catch you, and there will be penalties. You will be punished. What that punishment would be, I have no idea. But my understanding is Rick Spielman has put the fear of you-know-what into his staff to ensure that nobody is leaking information. So until I can get something from somebody with the Vikings, which may not be until next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's hard for me to say, yeah, 100% it's a done deal. But it is interesting. I just want to lay it out for you here on this podcast that it is interesting how many league folks, secondhand, maybe even thirdhand, but a number of league folks who think it is a done deal, Kirk Cousins is coming to the Vikings. Appreciate you listening to Scoop Podcast episode 131. I'll be back either Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday with episode 132. That's where I'll get into, well, certainly some more Vikings, but twins, wolves, gophers, and so on. But I wanted to do a Viking-centric podcast because it's what everybody's talking about right now. I mean, heck, you go anywhere. People are asking, who are the Vikings getting at quarterback? So I figured it was worth, that topic was worth its own 60 to 70 minute podcast. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator skin. Man, I love Operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. This- Soldier. Get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and 320 and 23.